Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the place where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. So I'm super excited about this mini-series. I know it might not be something you think people would get excited about, but I'm super excited because I'm a little cheesy and I'm a little dorky, and um, this is right in the realm of my profession. So um, it's something I'm super passionate about, and I'm super passionate about sharing it with women because as women, this topic is so important, especially in our deen. In our deen, and um, you know, we're taught how important it is to, like we said, empower ourselves to make ourselves grow and the fact that we have to educate ourselves and make sure that we're educated and I think as women we have to have the best chance possible and I think our children have to have the best chance possible and that's why I'm so passionate about this particular subject and it is a different subject that not everybody might be turned on to not be familiar with but I'm hoping to change a little of that today because I want to share some of the experience that our family has you'll get to learn a little bit about our family a little bit about um, my background as a professional and kind of like what I what I feel passionate in working on and how we've decided to make some changes in our family for a, a more traditional way of doing things into this new way that we shifted into and I just wanted to share some of our successes with that with you guys. So anyway, if you didn't know the topic of today, it is homeschooling and you're like, uh, homeschooling, I'm not homeschooling, I don't need to listen to that. I would. I would just take a listen more because I'm not just going to talk about homeschooling. I'm going to talk about why I homeschool, which is directly related to the school system, which is directly related to parenting and, and what our children are going through every day when we drop them off at the school and drive away. I think as parents, you have the right to know what's going on. And if you're not a parent, if you're a student, I think you have the right to understand the system that you're taking your education in. And that way you can understand um, maybe why you've been having troubles or maybe why you are excelling or, you know, vice versa. So that's the topic of today, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to do it into two parts. The first part, I'm going to give a little background about myself and my family and our journey. It's very short. And the second part are my top three reasons as to why we've decided to choose to homeschool. So getting right into it. Oh, before I do, while I'm doing it, guys, if you have any comments and questions, don't forget to send them to me on Instagram. It's the best way to reach me. Um, and also, if we are also on www.mindful-muslima.com, that's where I drop all the articles and things that I, I do related to these topics. We are also on Facebook and Twitter, and we have a new YouTube channel up. Show some love, guys, as we are trying to grow that one and have some new content up on all these different topics for you. Okay, so background. So if you don't already know, I have five kids. Yeah, I have five kids. And um, there, I had, there's a big gap in between them. So what happens is we have three older ones that um, are 23, 21, and turning 19. Then we have younger ones that are three and seven. So um, with our journey with schooling with our children, they have gone through public school private school and homeschooling and not all of them have had the same experience like with the first group um, we did more of a traditional route and then we started to turn into homeschooling and we decided to carry it out with the younger children and that's kind of what I'll get to that in a minute but as an educator I just wanted you to know my background I'm a licensed educator and I have worked mostly in the United States and um, also somewhat in Dubai and um when I did work in Dubai, um, it was at an American Islamic school and a very, um, I did some teaching and administrative work there and it was in a very posh area of Dubai, which is Al Barsha, which is, if, you, if you're familiar from the UAE, um, and so I'm talking about like a school with a good funding, with a, with a good backing, and you know, 
I have experience, let's say, from this situation all the way to private schools and public schools in the U.S. And I'm talking, the uh, private schools were all Islamic and the public schools were all the traditional U.S. system. And so my work has also been in doing consultation. I've also worked in the com- for the Common Core. Um, now, before you hate that, because people have a lot of opinions about the Common Core, I will share with you some of the background information I got in working for the Common Core, which I think is really helpful as parents. Because even though we're shifting now in the United States, if you guys don't know, we're switching from one curriculum again, because this is what we do. We just never make up our mind. Um, we're shifting from the Common Core to the next generation curriculum which I think I have my own ideas, but anyway, so we were using this before. And so that's when I was working for them. So our journey with homeschooling was our other children had gone through um, traditional public school and we we constantly kept teetering them between the older ones, between public and private. We, at the time, didn't have so much money to do private school, and yet we wanted them in private Islamic schools. But then we would also have issues with some of the private Islamic schools. And I think as parents, like people are always coming up to me, um, which school should I t- choose for my child? Because I'm in New York. They want to know which one's the one that I would send my kid to. And I'm like, <laughs> kind of send my children to a bunch of them, and I'm not, you know, sell sold on any of them in particular. But anyway, so at the end of the day... Um, people constantly asking me about the private schools and the public schools and which ones and which one's better for the kids and stuff. And I, I'll give you um, some opinion on that, maybe in a different podcast, because it is a very in-depth conversation about choosing pr- private school or public school. So if you do want to, because there are, there, are, there are pros and cons with both, in all honesty, guys, and you have to choose for yourself as parents what makes sense for you. This particular podcast is on homeschooling, so I'm going to stick to the topic, but if that is something that you're interested in, please do um, DM me on Instagram, let me know, and maybe we will um, co- cover that one as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I did uh, want to talk about homeschooling because it's something my daughter actually turned me on to. My, my, um, my 21-year-old. She now has children and um, I'm a grandma. So, you know, subhanAllah, and you know, this was her choice to get married and stuff like that. We, we didn't mind for her to wait some, but she, she really, really was passionate about getting married. And she's also in college. Um, and she graduated actually as a homeschooler. So what happened is about 10th grade, she went into school and she was in her, she was in public school at the time. And we, we didn't really like that, but we were extremely, you know, one of those parents just trying to really stay on top of our kids and be close. And we did not at all like the idea of our children after the age of puberty being in public school, to be honest, for the obvious reasons of females and males and things. But um, we didn't have the money for private school at that time anymore. That was the honest truth. And I didn't know anything about homeschooling at the time. And I, and I was professional educator and I was working and I was in home so basically um we found it hard but we were constantly talking to our children and my daughter came home one day and she said mommy I don't want to go to the school anymore and we picked a nice school in a nice location we were not even living in the city or anything living in the suburbs and we paid a lot of money to get that house so we can put her in that good school and um subhanAllah she said mommy I don't want to go to this school and I said okay why talk to me what's happening she said the boys are doing this to me the boys are doing that to me they're touching me they're constantly grabbing me so of course I went to the school I talked to the school but it's not one of those things in high school you could just like you can't go to the principal and stop that this is something that's happening between classes when children are walking in the lunchroom when teachers aren't looking this is obviously not happening within the classroom that I could talk to a teacher about or something this is a social issue and you know it's just you know society is very sexualized at this point especially with our teens and so and then she said to me mommy I want to wear a naqab and I said naqab why why do you need to wear a naqab and then she says this and this and this and she's giving all her reasons and I could tell she had like stayed up all night and written it down she had stayed up and it was something she was really like 
she, she had been waiting to talk to me about. I could tell the way she came to me. I know my child. And I was like, subhanAllah. So I said, this is something I have to not brush this off. I have to listen to her. So she went on and on and on. And she said, I've been researching. I want to do homeschooling. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) That is not the same thing as me going and talking to the teacher. I thought we were just going to work this out. We were going to try to think of how we can fix things for you to be comfortable. She's like, no, no, no. I want to do homeschooling. Long story short, she had a ton of friends that she had been connecting with and they, they had homeschooled. And there was this whole experience with their family and stuff. And a lot of the families were homeschooled. And I was actually not aware the whole time that the town where we were living, there were tons of Muslim families that were homeschooling because they just never see it. You know, I just, you see the, the Muslims in the private schools, you see the Muslims in the public schools. I didn't actually know there was almost like an underground whole system of Muslims that were homeschooling. And it wasn't just Muslims, you know, there's Christians that do the same thing. And so subhanAllah, I started to educate myself. I said, okay, mommy's going to get back to you. Mommy needs to educate herself. I'm, I mean, I'm an educator, but I know nothing about that. So let me go and find out so I started to research research long story short I was like okay and then I found out the kicker is and just you guys know this um, in certain states in certain states New York is one of them not all states um, you um, you cannot get a diploma if you homeschool and then my concern was like oh my gosh what do I do my child doesn't get a diploma that means they can't go to college and that's the whole reason we send kids to school so they could have careers and whatever so I got to, to she hooked me up with some of those parents that were homeschooling their kids and they explained to me that their kids were in very good schools and they told me that they could even go to Ivy League schools being homeschooled and I had um, been turned on to situations with with parents who had Um, gotten their children into Harvard and they were homeschooled so you can go to college straight if you've been homeschooled even some of the best schools in the country so that is um, usually something people don't know about or they think it's not possible and how basically what it is is instead of a diploma in place of the diploma you just get a letter from the superintendent that says that you have accomplished all the goals that you need to accomplish from the 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 first grade that you have to do which was kindergarten now is pre-k and um up to 12th grade and so at the end of the day, um, that seemed pretty reasonable to me, but I, you know, wasn't sure. So we did it, we did, and what we did was we combined her. So she actually ended up graduating high school at 16 years old. She started college at 16 years old because we realized that once we looked at the curriculum, that 12th grade was, which is the last grade in the U.S. system before college, is almost like a joke. You spend half the year, and I mean, I went to, I went to school, so I know, you spend half the year doing your, your credits, and the other half is kind of just a waste of time and hanging out and socializing, and it's your last year and have fun and it's a lot of that nonsense so we realized that we can combine it and so she finished in her 11th grade year um, and she just went straight to college and she went to a SUNY school in the United States and if you know what a SUNY school is it's a state school which is it's a very good school to go to a SUNY school so it depends on which one you get into right and so at the anyway at the end of the day um, that's what she chose that she wanted to do and the reason she wanted to do that state school is because um, she didn't she could do some portion of it as distance learning she didn't want to go in the classroom all the time um, and at this point then she had put on the club and that was her choice and then I noticed that as a woman she was starting to become really really confident in herself and she started to really love learning and get passionate she would brag about the fact with her friends that she could sit home in her pajamas and eat snacks while she was doing her work or she could 
you know, take a break whenever she wanted and go sit outside and read a book under the tree while she was homeschooling and they were stuck in school in the classroom and she would kind of make fun of her old friends that she would, you know, not make fun, but you know how kids, they go back and forth. So alhamdulillah, she was really, really pleased with the whole turnout and she was really grateful and she was really grateful to me for listening to her, I guess, because she said, you know, mommy, that was a really um, good choice for me and I felt happy and, and I could tell it was something important to her. And I think that's something we have to learn about as parents, that sometimes our children are old enough to express their needs and sometimes they're not. So thankfully with my older child, she could tell me she needed that. And with the younger kids, sometimes it's harder. We have to start as parents to notice behavioral things and make decisions on our own because they cannot voice their needs because they're not experienced with the world and the fact that there's different systems and ways of doing things. And the fact that this was a non-traditional way and the fact that it worked for our family got me thinking, well, what if I started this younger with the other ones? And this is going to move me into the three top reasons why I homeschool. And this is what I wanted to tell you of why we ended up, after I decided to just look look more and more into it, why we started to do it with the younger ones. And so here I'm going to go into my top three reasons of why I homeschool. Everything I'm going to say is based on my experience, but it's also like as a parent, but it's also based on my experience as an educator. So the opinion part is the part of the parent. The experience part is the part of the educator that did go in and did see firsthand what happens in school after parents drop their children off, what's actually happening from the level of the teacher, from the level of administrator, and from the level of the person who is outside the school who comes in and does consultation with principals, which is what we were doing when I was working for the Common Core, and, and helping them with their entire system. And I get to see from A to Z the problems in the setup or the successes of the entire systems of schools in some of the major cities in the United States. And I think that's an incredibly insightful position that I want to share with you because it opened my eyes as a parent when I did this as an educator and I want to share what I found with you. So my number one reason, this is going to sound silly, but my number one reason why we decided to homeschool is to give our child a better education. I know that can sound a little harsh, but I'm going to tell you why. The number three thing, the three, the three things within this one, the three things within the better education piece that I would cite that were like pressing things was poor engagement, poor curriculum, and too much politics. And far gone is the idea, guys, that there's one way of doing things. Back in the day, you know, used to be this idea that a teacher stands in front of the room, there's rows of children, they do the work that she gives. If they do it right, they're smart. If they can't, you know, they're probably slow or not so smart and then we'd have to get them extra help. Like that is gone, that is out the window. If you were taught that way, we have learned so much more since then. And I was partially taught that way as well, so I know. And it turns out that this approach is not only incorrect, but extremely cruel. And this is after doing tons of studies and you know, talking, talking studies from Stanford University, from Harvard University, and many of our parents suffered through it. And these feelings of inadequacy probably affecting their self-image for their whole life in terms of how capable they were. Because they were told they were, sometimes they'd get like, say they were not smart, you know, and this is something obviously that's pretty, pretty um, impressionable. And studies now show that there are multiple types of learners, kinesthetic, visual, what have you, and that the information that our children receive should match the learning styles of the children in that room and the particular needs and styles that they have. Schools now have shifted, alhamdulillah, into implementing programs and teachers and administration using big fancy new words to tell us how much they're doing for our children. All these programs, all these new approaches sounds great, right? Not so much. So in the U.S., and I'm speaking specifically for U.S., there is a dark dark side in the shift. And many of us know about the the testing, the over-testing, and like that's obviously 
a problem. We, we all know that and we all know why that happens because there's a lot of money to be made in all the testing. But forget about that. I'm not going to go into any type of rant about testing because it's not the interest of, of this program. It's about schooling and so and in terms of homeschooling. So the dark side of the shift is that in the U.S. curriculum, um, and I've heard similar complaints in the U.K. as they're doing shifts with the national curriculum, but I would love if you give me some comments and experience on what you have seen in the U.K. as well. And I mentioned before that I worked in the Common Core. Um, and, and when I did this, I had seen a lot of things in terms of the curriculum and the way it's rolled out. One of the jobs we used to have is we would we would get on a plane, I'd travel across the nation, and we would go to major schools, like, you know, whatever it was, Chicago, in, in Chicago, in Washington, California, different places in the United States where we'd go and we would um, basically, New Orleans, we, we'd, we'd go and see how the curriculums were being done, how the schools were being run. We would sit with the principals, we would sit with the staff, we would sit with the children and we'd get to see it. And subhanAllah, all I want to say to you is, I'm sorry that on average, the fancy show that is put up for parents, the dog and pony show, the smoke and mirrors that you're given at parent-teacher conferences, and all these things, it is it is not the typical things that are happening with your children when you drop them off. And it's not because anyone's trying to fool you. It's not because these places are bad places. It's because of a lot of things. <laughs> I'll get to in a minute. But when you drop off your children, they're not often getting the amazing care and attention that they need. I understand that that's a general statement, but I'm going to tell you why I'm so confident in making it. First, it's the it's the fact that I'm not saying also there are no good schools out there. There are some good schools. They're just too far and few. And this is from almost two decades of teaching, working with thousands of teachers across the U.S., uh, the US from working with the creators of the curriculum that your teachers, that your kids are learning from, and how horrified, the when I, when I went in with the Common Core, I cannot tell you how horrified these people were, the people who created our curriculums, to see how they were being butchered in the schools by poor systems and training and follow-through. So there's a list of reasons why the schools aren't working. And let me tell you why they're mostly not working. And this is this is um, something that there's articles written on. Stanford does a lot of work on this. And this Stanford now does a lot of um, mentoring for teachers and training for teachers because of it. This is all completely factual, what I'm saying. We're talking about poorly trained teachers, teachers working out of their licenses on average, means if you have a math teacher, she's teaching social studies or something like that. Schools are not properly funded, and the specific learning needs of children cannot be supported forcing them to learn in ways that are difficult for them, and hence they struggle more. There's a lot of teacher burnout, leading to less effort for our kids because they don't have any more to give. Administration that is more concerned about high scores to increase funding and, you know, you know, look good than empowering the teachers to thrive and hence our children to thrive. And another um, reason is that teachers, they're teachers with inadequate, inadequate experience to handle particular children's needs when they're not trained to deal they're not trained to deal with these things in college. And the fact of the matter is that even when I went to college, I wasn't taught like special needs children to identify things. Um, and, and nowadays they're trying to be more inclusive. They're trying to put these children in the, in the general classrooms. But the teachers do not have training in this, guys. They don't have training necessarily in how to deal with a child with a dyslexia. How do I identify a child with dyslexia? And then they bring you down, they sit you down with these IEPs, but they don't actually have a full-on training or background on average. They do not. 
Side note on the curriculum. The U.S. has changed the curriculum every decade or so. There was a huge overhaul with the, the Common Core, and it was a complete disaster. And if your children have been in school in the past seven years, I promise you, they have suffered. This curriculum, um, I even taught it in Dubai when I worked there, and it was the same disaster in Dubai. And so it's not that the curriculum is bad. And by the way, the curriculum is, is made up of some really great components. They basically took things from the U.K. They took things from Singapore. They took like all those great curriculums they decided to take what they considered were the best pieces and put them together not realizing that they were sometimes entire systems and you couldn't just take whatever you wanted and leave the rest so when they did this it it kind of and they also did it where they didn't a rollout that was inappropriate and the the idea of it was good it's actually really um has really great components but it was done in the wrong way and the children have suffered the scores in the united states have gone down at least 40 percent because of it and children teachers are just leaving the classrooms like nobody's business because the level of work that they have to do at home in order to accommodate the struggling children in the classroom and children are, are really getting discouraged and incredibly disengaged and you're finding a lot of quote-unquote learning disabilities with children all of a sudden where actually it's just they're disengaged uh, a lot of the time so that was my number one reason it was a very long reason but i think that you needed to know this is parents because I'm speaking from a person who has been on both sides of the fence. The last two will be super fast compared to that. The second one is the negative environment. Um, A lot of children are going through bullying, bullying to the point where it is um, something that they're even committing suicide. Some children are just doing a lot of self-harm. I've seen a lot of self-harm cases where children are cutting themselves at ages you wouldn't believe. And so at the end of the day, children are going through a lot. And and bullying is directly, you know, related to low self-esteem, low grades, poor sleeping habits, depressions, and much more. You know, parents who have chosen homeschool um, have found a significant um, um, improvement in their academic performance and kids' just personal happiness because of the shift to homeschooling. Now, some parents will question if that's not good because you can't shelter your children from bad experiences forever. And, you know, they feel it could harm them just as much as it, it... you know, being in homeschooling and and isolating them could be just as bad of a harm as, you know, experiencing bullying. But that's actually a common misconception that we can talk a bit more about in the next podcast. There are tons of ways to incorporate social aspects of learning, and I'll definitely share them in the next one, inshallah, so no worries about that. There are just so many social things happening in schools that I would argue that our children are getting more of a social education than an academic one. So when I say negative environment, that's more what I'm focusing on. When I send my kids to school, they didn't they didn't develop a love and infatuation for the sciences, for great poets or thinkers or incredible English grammar. They came home with expanded vocabulary and vulgarities that we've never taught them at home. They came home like thinking d- dating in third grade was a good and normal idea because it was what their classmates were focusing on. Their every minute between lessons and whispering about. They started having aggressive and confrontational attitudes towards adults when they were previously taught to respect elders. They came home humming music with suggestive lyrics because some of their classmates were allowed to have too much free t- free time on uh, YouTube and decided to share what they've learned and spending hours of watching it with my child. And the list goes on. Now in America, this culture is considered totally normal, by the way. This is considered part of life and something every parent just has to deal with. My question is, who said so? Who made that rule? Who said it's normal and that we should have to deal with this as parents? I think we need to start to question 
And if I see regular negative behaviors being taught to my child, I have the right as a parent to say I'm not okay with that. I don't have to accept that as my reality. I don't have to buy into the norm that it's just the way it is. Since when? Yeah, like in America before, (laughs) in the earlier times, um, respect used to be taught. It was down home values, respect for family, teachers, humanity. It was it was taught in a in a way that was more forward. Nowadays, we've gotten so liberal and so free that we've let go of a lot of the old qualities in our schools that this country really, really could be proud of. And I'm wondering if any of you have been experiencing similar things in your countries. Uh, message me and let me know about that. But yeah, there's definitely a place for social time, but it should not take up 75% of the child's education, or if at best, it should be properly integrated into the children's education so that they should be doing social learning together it should be more ideal but that's not what's happening on average in our schools that's not the way that the social aspect of learning is happening in our schools it's not even even though they are socializing more in the school let's say like even if you want to have that argument i mean they're not socializing more but if they if you did they're not even necessarily doing it in an appropriate way so that it you know that's something we have to consider as well and you know the fact of the matter for myself as a mom i knew that my kids weren't learning because they weren't passionate about learning and this changed completely once i started to homeschool it was almost night and day and so that's one thing that we feel really good about and so i'm going to go right now into the last reason why i homeschool so the first one was to get a better education the second one is because of the negative environments to have a more positive environment and the third one is because of our core beliefs. Um, you know, after years of sending my children to public school and private school, Islamic schools, we came to the realization that most of them didn't, like what they were doing in the schools, most of their 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 approaches, it just didn't really align with our core beliefs as a family. And, you know, we were really solid on what we wanted to teach our children in terms of religious ideals, but also about our children having good character and manners. And we felt that sending them to school um, at the time, you know, we tried different schools. It was just not conducive to reaching the goals that we had. I mean, we spent more time unteaching things from all the baggage that our children brought home than anything else. It was absolutely exhausting. Also, they were constantly given poor models of the wrong way to behave and react to stress and social situations. Sometimes that modeling came from other children, and sometimes it even came from the teachers, I'm sorry to say. Even the teachers themselves, who might still be working on their own personal development, and that's fine. We're not the best of examples for my children. I mean, talk to your children at home and you'll see. You'll be amazed at how often, you know, our children can point out that adults themselves don't make the best of choices. And I didn't like that those adults were leading my children. So all in all, I came to the realization that no one was going to work as hard to teach my child better than myself, and no one knew my child or my children better than how I knew them, bottom line. And I mean, teachers, if you think about it, guys, they have 30 wiggling bodies in a classroom. Sometimes they have to teach 90 to 120 students in the upper grades. How much individual attention and care do you think those kids get? I mean, teachers are humans too. They have their own stresses in life, and even on their best day, They couldn't get to all of our kids at a personal level. And at the end of the day, homeschooling just made the most sense for us because it ends up being life-changing. And and in all honesty, I'll never go back, inshallah. And once we found our groove and what works for our family, because you're going to know that, notice that it it can look differently for every family, and that's actually what is so amazing. And it should look differently because that means you're catering it to your child's needs. My son went from, and I'm telling you, we pulled him out of the best school in Dubai because we did decide to try to put him in there when we were there. We were like, oh, you know what? It's the best school in the world. Like, let's go. 
he ended up being behind there for the same exact reasons. It was nothing different than the U.S., unfortunately, in terms of the approach. And when I pulled him out and we did homeschooling, now he's two grades ahead, let's say, in reading alone. And um, just so you know, I do teach my son mostly with the British curriculum, and it's not because I'm anti-U.S. I do use some of the U.S. curriculum, too, um, but I do use most of the bench lines or the benchmarks for the U.K. curriculum because it is... um, it's about a year ahead of the U.S. curriculum, and I know that from just working internationally, um, the the children who did go through the national curriculum were about a year ahead of the children in the U.S. curriculum on average. So, and that's just because they actually introduce things earlier to the children in general. So, I mean, they have their own system too, but that is something to consider. So yeah, that's what we have. And you know, at the end of the day, I'll just, I'll never go back. And this is something that we found that has really been working for us. So I just wanted to share that experience with you. Thank you so much for listening to our family journey and my perspective as an educator and my experience. I hope it has just given you some things to consider and think about as a parent. And if you're a young woman, now you might be able to relate to some of your school experiences. And don't forget to leave my uh, me a voice message or a DM and IG to give me your comments and questions. In the next podcast, we're going to talk about some of the types of homeschooling that there are options out there for moms who are interested. And um, thank you again for for coming with us on this journey. Inshallah, we'll talk more in the next one. Assalamu alaikum.